0: not really a word you'd think of when you think of Star Wars but it is definitely something that has been a part of its storytelling throughout its history Uh, so we're gonna talk about that have a little deep discussion about betrayal in Star Wars here so welcome everybody to the resistance broadcast the resistance betrayal James (laughs) TRB yes sir. yeah I'm John thanks for joining us today uh me and James uh Lacey is not with us. she's all good. she just uh, wasn't able to make uh this week's recording uh but she should be back with us on Monday so uh if you miss her, worry not uh she will be back uh, but um you can always find her on Twitter and Instagram at Laceygilllin and we'll see you soon Lacey We'll hold it down for you till you're back um but yeah James um before we get into a lot of this. Star Wars stuff, we're going to talk about. Did you see? Did you watch the prologue for Jurassic World Dominion?
1: uh No, I haven't seen it yet. It's okay. Probably by the time this episode airs, I'll have checked it out, but yeah, yeah, it dropped and I haven't had a time to check it out. But what, ooh, two, apparently, you have. What are you thinking?
0: My two thoughts on it one blew me away the effects, um, because. it starts with um, the time the Jurassic period of the dinosaurs 65 million years ago and like the effects that they have now for these dinosaurs honestly like I don't usually like get like blown away by things that blew me away like if I saw that on an IMAX or something holy cow and like down to like the hairs that they have on the T-Rexes now and stuff like It is wild how good it was. And in my opinion, it's the best effect since the first Jurassic Park movie where they blended both um, puppetry, practical, and CG. I felt the sequels have kind of um, faltered a bit with that stuff, but man, Mm. this looked so good. So you know, props to Colin Trevorrow because all that always falls on the director and they demand more and they demand perfection and it looks like he's got it. He's got the right mix here for this one. But also it made me think of like... If this is the prologue for this movie i can never imagine star wars doing that be like here's the first five minutes of the next star wars movie for everybody wait a minute they did do that when star wars did that in fact for i didn't watch
1: yeah for rise of skywalker i didn't watch it because i was like i'm getting the feeling this is like wait a minute <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: what did I- they show I- I-
1: uh kylo ren going to exegol flying there landing there going down the elevator all this it was all like real time it wasn't i mean i think it was like pitched just kind of a trailer but it was like a five minute trailer or something
0: oh when he arrives and you hear palpatine's voice that, but yeah. yeah it was but like it 30, all, th- 30 seconds
1: i think it was more than 30 seconds my, Dude, my impression
0: was like of it f- six minutes
1: no I understand I understand there's a a difference there but I'm saying you bring it up and I I specifically remember a point where I was watching it and I was like I feel like I'm watching part of the movie and I don't want to watch this I'm going to wait until I'm in the theater because all of this about you know this huge castle and he's going down and there's lightning strikes and stuff I'm like this is I'm watching the movie on my phone I don't want to see this and so I backed Mm. out and I went back later and watched it, and you're right. It's like everything leading up to like when Palpatine st- talks to him or something, or when he sees him or something. And I'm like, oh my gosh, man, Th- this was a lot it's, to put like the in a reveal trailer
0: of the voices. Yeah, is what it. Yeah, um but yeah, this is the first five or six minutes or whatever, and I was like, wow, that's kind of a but new trend. Pretty- I
1: think they've done that for a couple different movies.
0: It's just very, yeah, it was very cool, very refreshing, and it looked great. So hopefully it's good. You know, I've been fooled by these Jurassic movies so many times, and I can't forgive them for that second one, uh, Fallen Kingdom. Um, mm-hmm. Just the the whole retcon of the story or with the cloning of the daughter and stuff. Like, I feel like it's jumped the shark a bit, and may, hopefully Trevorrow reels it back a bit and, and gives them a good ending with this one. Sounds like yeah, they're going to try to Force Awakens this one with the old... <clears throat> Actors and stuff too. So,
1: yeah, I, um, or Ghostbusters, apparently,
0: which I, yeah, still, still have to see. Hopefully, by the time this comes out, I, I'd have seen it, but yeah,
1: um, yeah, that, that we've talked about that before, the second movie, and like, there's something in there. Like, I still, it's like watching a bad movie that has like a really good concept, and you're like, oh, maybe if I rewatch it again, like, maybe I'll understand more of the concept and stuff, but. Um, it's just, it's, it's a bad movie, like the jokes and the scenes and the pacing and everything just doesn't line up. I think like the idea of, Hey, where does this technology go? You know, we recreated dinosaurs and now that exists, we've opened Pandora's box. What would really happen in the real world if that were the case? I think they're going the right direction with it, but it, just is a bad movie, like just dumb stuff, like the guy auctioning off dinosaurs for like, 20 bucks.
0: Yeah. Uh, I'm like, yeah.
1: Why are you so excited you're making like, like, 500,000 dollars on a dinosaur? Like these numbers should be way bigger. <laughs> like <laughs> I think by the end of that movie he like had sold like half of the uh stock for like 7 million or something and I'm like that's it. I feel like <laughs> one dinosaur could have easily been 10 mil- 10 million, you know? 10 billion.
0: Yeah. I mean like crazy so numbers. what what what's more valuable if you had a T-Rex today or the Star Wars franchise? Which sold for four billion to Disney. If you had a T Rex and there was only one in existence, is that worth more than the Star Wars franchise?
1: Well, you're, a you're living forgetting
0: a Tyrannosaurus Rex.
1: Yeah, I mean, you're 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 also kind of forgetting part of what they were selling in that movie was was weaponized like dinosaurs and stuff too.
0: Oh no, I know. I'm just saying so in it's a, like in a vacuum. That... I'm not talking about the movie. I'm just saying like
1: I know, but 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 I'm saying that's that's part of the point is like it was so much. That movie stinks, man. So much more. It should have that that creature should have been so much worth so much more than what they were. But again, there was there was all uh, eye rolly stuff all through the movie. I just I, I think I liked the story or the direction in theory, and it just did not. It does not pay off. It's not a rewatchable fun movie. Oh,
0: brutal. Yeah, you could skip that one. I think. Yeah. But anyway, we're a Star Wars podcast. I was curious what you thought on that. Yeah, I mean, ILM is obviously in the mix there, so there's a little ties there. But um, yeah, so we are going to have a discussion later on acts of betrayal in Star Wars. Um, It should be an interesting one to see what we bounce off each other on that. And of course, your tweets later. Uh, But first, James, what's our first segment of the day? I fear nothing for all this, as the Force wills it.
1: Well, you just heard it, John. It's Will the Force. Uh, But I do want to say, before we actually get into the question, um, the questions that we have uh, for the show today, I want to mention our Patreon. And that's, uh, you know, if you love the pod and you Mm. love what we do and you happen to have the ability to support us, you know, please consider joining the Patreon at patreon.com slash resistance broadcast. That uh, that ability to support us starts at just $2 a month, which is not crazy. Um, You know, and it's a thank you for patrons of every tier. You're going to receive exclusive weekly bonuses and perks and other cool benefits as you move up the ranks. Um, But that support allows us to do uh, everything that we do on the show, including all those extra videos. Videos, but you know two episodes a week um and uh the discord and, and talking to, to you guys on a regular basis everything that comes along with um everything that we do so if you are able to support us uh that would mean a lot you know at least go to the link follow in the show notes head over to the website yeah. check it out see if something looks right to you um what's fun is that we're resistance based so you could you could be a um uh, a general or you could be a you know a commander, commander or something. Yeah. Major, we have all these like kind of things and, and it was really fun to come up with those rudder. ranks and yeah, we have spice runners too, which is a little off the beaten path if you will. But yeah, um thank you guys so much Uh, again that's uh patreon.com slash resistance broadcast if you want to check it out but let's get into the questions here and the first one um one of the perks is being able to submit questions to this very segment and here we have commander kibbles and sits um asking the question to us will we ever see a holocron make its way into live action now the answer for me is yes absolutely but i was very close to being like Wait a minute. And I didn't I didn't have enough time to look into this, but I was like, have we not already gotten this? Is this a thing? Is this not a thing? Have we seen a holocron? And I think the only thing that I could come up with was uh in Dryden Voss's lair, those triangles behind him are Sith holocrons, are they not? They look they're like giant. they're giant. Uh, I, I believe canonically those are Sith holocrons. So um and there might be another uh smaller one in there somewhere, but um uh what are your thoughts on Holocrons making their way into live action, maybe beyond a background piece and having some sort of like substantial
0: part of the story? Not, o- not only do I think we will, but I think we could see it as soon as in the Kenobi series as if we see more of Vader's castle. Um you know, we already saw Vader kind of looks like he was sitting down in concept art, you know, receiving a message from somebody like, could he be viewing a message via a holocron? Um, I think we're going to see more of his castle in this show. And I think it's very possible that we're going to get a look of it that we haven't yet. Cause they want like, why revisit something that they're going to show us the same beats of. So we saw parts of it in rogue one. Obviously there's a lot of it in the comics I think we're going to see a side of the castle or part of the castle, maybe Vader's quarters, where we're going to get a glimpse of something. And I wouldn't be shocked if it's even used in some way. I'm not talking about as a MacGuffin or anything like that, like the Wayfinders Mm -hmm. in Rise of Skywalker. But I think think we absolutely will. And I'm just guessing we could as soon as the Obi-Wan Kenobi series.
1: Um. Yeah, I think you're right, especially considering where we saw it in Rebels was him opening up the holocron and it having Obi-Wan saying, you know, don't go, don't return to the temple. So, like, there's something to that that can kind of, um, if they wanted to reference that, like, if he happened to have a, his own recording of it and he was watching it, you'd be like, oh, man, Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah so um so it's very possible i did bust out the visual dictionary to see if it actually says you know like one of those little lines that says oh check it out sith holocron or whatever i still think it is um i feel like i've seen it somewhere but it doesn't mention it in the visual dictionary um i don't even see it but i remember those things being in the background so um good start looking into it yeah um, all right, we got another question here, and that's, will Obi-Wan Kenobi deliver the final line of the Obi-Wan Kenobi series? Now, John, you were the person that wrote this question, and I think I know why, because your answer is yes, Oh, but I'm guessing. What do you, what do you think? I think you've written it in your head. What do you got?
0: Yeah, I think so. I think so. I think that makes sense. Hello there. Um,
1: Go, No, goodbye there.
0: You. Yeah, how dare you. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, if that line is anywhere in this series, it drops a full letter grade for me. The whole series. (laughs) Really? If he says hello there once in that series, if it's an A, the series gets a B from me.
1: Wow. That's
0: where I'm at. But, uh, no, all seriousness, though that is kind of true in my heart, (laughs) um, I think so. And, you know, this is just my hope or speculation I think it would be really cool if, you know, knowing that this is a limited series, that they sort of do a an epilogue. I like epilogues. I like tying things up in that way, um, where we get some sort of a CG version of Alec Guinness's Obi Wan, so that we can nicely, cohesively blend uh, the the transition from Ewan McGregor's aging Obi Wan into Alec Guinness's, and he has a final line. That isn't too on the nose, it's not too referential to A New Hope or anything, but just something. Uh, I think that'd be a nice tribute to Alec Guinness. Uh, You could have Steven Stanton do the voice, he does a perfect Alec Guinness uh, Obi-Wan. I think it'd be a chef's kiss home run way to end that series. So I'm going to say yes, Obi-Wan does have the last line, and I'm hoping it's via some sort of an Alec Guinness version.
1: Yeah, I could, I could see that being the case. Um, I was trying to think if like the Mandalorian had the final line in either season one or season two. And, and then I was like, well, it's not really the same thing. Cause those shows intend to go on. And this was like the end of his series, you know, his limited series. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to say, why not? You know, it seems like a, I don't want to say it's like a safe bet. Cause obviously there's like a lot of characters that could do it, but you know that uh, it seems like a good, solid ending to the show. Um, if my mathematic trick comes in, you gotta go no, because it's Obi Wan or literally the any odds. other character ever. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, you gotta go no. But I, I'm with you that that I like the idea that you've presented that he closes out his own show. You know, so yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna mm-hmm. say sure, why not.
0: Because he's probably not going to have the first line. It's going to be a more of a dramatic big reveal of him, right? So,
1: I'm I'm still voting for first line. Hello there. Last line. Goodbye there. <laughs> Obviously not. All right. Moving on here. Um, our next one comes from one of our generals, uh, Hass Islam. Uh, Hass, uh, you know, wanted to ask us: uh, Will we see a change? in policy and management style from Kathleen Kennedy now that she has been given an extension to her contract. So, um, I'm trying to piece together where maybe the question is coming from because my initial thoughts is no, why would we think that, uh, you know, she is going to change the way she's managed the company for, you know, 10 years now. Um, but what were your thoughts, uh, when you saw this question, John,
0: my thoughts are no Um, and I think Hass's question is probably rooted in you know the latest stumbles the Rogue Squadron thing Um, and you know we've seen that happening a lot with the the feature films especially so are getting a new contract maybe he's wondering was there a stipulation put in like listen you need to put this person in charge of oversight or vetting or you know maybe something like that I, I don't think that's the case because I think Bob Chappick, like, I, I don't see him as the guy who's always out there saying things, as opposed to a Bob Iger who's way more of an outgoing personality type. Uh, Bob Iger's a very quotable guy, and he's done a lot of interviews. Bob Chappick, I don't see the same way. He seems more, uh, you know, keeps things close to the vest sort of mm-hmm. thing. Um but he he was outspoken in saying we you know we're keeping Kathleen Kennedy around. This was before this whole contract news came out. Like she's going to be a big part for years to come. All this stuff. That sounds like somebody who likes, who believes in her and what she's doing, and isn't about to reel in someone with her tr- resume. So I don't I don't see anything that would tell me that they'd be changing how things are going and giving her a contract extension. If they were going to change policy and how they're running things at Lucasfilm, she'd be out. So, I'm going to say no. I don't think uh I don't think there's going to be much of a change there.
1: Yeah, same same for me too. Like I can't imagine they were like, "Hey, we'll extend your contract if you straighten up or you start doing the things the way we envision them." I don't know. I I feel like that's if if you're not getting along with uh, one of the leaders of one of the biggest sections or or segments of your, you know, Disney property that you have, um, you just get rid of that person. You don't tell them, yeah, you know, right. this is this is how it's going to be from now on. Uh, when you renew their contract, that's a way of saying we are totally cool with the way things are going on that branch of our Disney tree. So, um, yeah, I don't think anything's going to change. So, um, I don't know. Sorry, Hass. We'll wait another three years at least and see how, how <laughs> thing, things go. Um, all right, we got one more question here and that's will Fennec Shan end up turning on Boba Fett at some point in the book of Boba Fett. Um, I'm going to go with no on this. Um, even though she's ruthless, um, and she doesn't really have any particular loyalties. Um, uh, I am aware that the only reason she's, with Boba Fett right now is because he saved her life and she owes the life debt. Um, I don't know at what point that life debt could theoretically end. Um, but I just, I don't see the one person that is Boba Fett's team member to be all of a sudden mid series, another enemy that he has to go up against. I feel that they are <clears throat> going to keep this character as the Chewbacca to his Han kind of thing. Ooh. Like over over time, yes, there was the life debt, but I think they, they click and they'll have the same understanding and mentality. And I think to have that character betray on Boba – uh, would almost take away from the series. I mean, maybe they could do it right, but just on initial hearing that that could be one of the things I'm like, man, that's when I feel like the show would probably start to lose what's going on. That's when like you kill off characters. And then when the show starts to tank, you like you bring him back to life. Or twin. That was my twin or something. You know, it seems like when you're flipping mm-hmm. <laughs> character um, motivations and things like that, just for the sake of shaking things up in the series, um, I just have so much more faith that they've got they've got a straight story you know for those eight eight episodes and it doesn't involve a big plot twist in the middle where she gets somehow released of her life debt duties and all of a sudden every trailer that we've seen where she's clearly on his side and they're working together being a big mm. flip or reveal in the show but I feel that the fact that you've brought up betrayal is the theme for this week you might be headed down this path what are your thoughts on fennec shan flipping
0: i i i you're probably right but for the sake of the fact that we agreed on the first three i'm gonna (laughs) take the other end on this one and say go ahead she will and i'll just create the argument that boba fett is best as a lone wolf he's the coolest when he's a lone wolf And if she's not betraying him, maybe he betrays her. Um, But the question was, will Fennec Shand end up turning on Boba Fett? Uh I'll say, you know what? Why not? You know, give Boba Fett a reason to unleash the beast or something. You know what I'm saying? So uh, I think that'd be interesting and maybe something people aren't expecting. And maybe if she turns on Boba Fett and they go separate ways, you can use her character in a different way where she's not... Um, holding to whatever he does going forward in this little mini universe in Star Wars. Um, because it seems like Ming Na Wen is very interested in being around. She's uh, all about the fans, all about doing the the tours, the press tours, the interviews and stuff. She seems really to love doing this. So, uh, I assume they're not done with her character just yet. Um, so we'll see how far Boba Fett goes and how far she goes. But I think maybe splitting them up might, um, be benefit both characters, so uh, mm-hmm. I think it'd be a a cool thing to throw in there. And like I said, I I, I personally think Boba Fett works best uh, using the Slave One as a one seater and and going solo um, and uh, doing his thing. So we'll see. But you're probably right. I, I just I just wanted to throw a different angle in there for the sake of our for the sake of respecting Will of the Force.
1: hmm Will, Willem Dafoe.
0: Right. He's back, baby. All right. Well,
1: um, I say that's a good segue into the discussion. So let's go ahead and uh, close the door on Will the Force this week. And, John, let's talk a little bit about acts of betrayal in Star Wars.
0: (sighs) Yes. This week's discussion, you said it, James. Acts of betrayal in Star Wars.
1: Obi-Wan once thought as you do.
0: So... Dating back to Bill Shakespeare and long before him, betrayal has been a big part of dramatic storytelling. Uh, those little Chris Farley reference there. Um,
1: I thought it was an LFO reference. LFO? Billy Shakespeare wrote a bunch of sonnets.
0: Jeez. Worst, a, worst song
1: mm, that's ever existed.
0: Weird boy band deep cut. Yeah, go ahead.
1: Well, I think of that every time somebody says Billy Shakespeare.
0: I think of, uh, um, what's what's the Chris Farley uh, motivational speaker? Mm. Matt, whatever his name is. Oh, yeah,
1: yeah. Matt Foley.
0: My eyes aren't too good. Is that Bill Shakespeare over there? Um, Yeah, so anyway, it's been going on for a long time. Betrayal is a big part of storytelling. It changes the course of a story while also shaping and evolving characters on both sides, the betrayer and the betrayed. Betrayal is no stranger to Star Wars from the rebellion itself to more personal examples like Vader destroying the Emperor. So, James, let's get into it. Betrayal in Star Wars. It has appeared in pretty much every aspect of Star Wars storytelling, from small examples to larger ones. Uh, so let's have some fun talking about it and, and what it has done for the progression of those stories that it happens in, as well as what it does to the characters. Um, Off the bat, you know, the big one is obviously you you always think of betrayal as it's the the bad guy, someone doing something bad to betray uh someone they love or a friend. But really one of the biggest ones is the rebellion, the betrayal against the empire. Uh that's one of the biggest forms of betrayal and that's what Emperor Palpatine and Tarkin were all considering the rebels as terrorists. They're betraying our union, our empire. So, I think that, that is certainly one example but uh, in terms of like character ones obviously one that's big for me is uh, the shaping of Han Solo into the guy we meet at the beginning of A New Hope by his by three betrayals against him in Solo and that's Lando leaving him high and dry on Savarine with the Falcon that's Beckett betraying him at the end of the movie uh, and breaking his heart as his father figure and forcing Han to have to kill him and of course Kira His love leaving him as well uh, and and turning out to uh, side her further allegiances to Crimson Dawn and, and Darth Maul which as Alden Ehrenreich has said in interviews about if he ever came back to play the character he'd be very interested in playing that colder more jaded version of Han that has been betrayed and burned a few times so we see how you know we meet a character like Han Solo in A New Hope and you're like wow this guy's only out for himself the first words out of his mouth are literally his own name Han Solo uh Mm -hmm. and why did he get that way because he got burned and betrayed by uh, a lot of people that he put trust in so we got a cool version of a character because of something bad that happened to him so betrayal is not always a bad thing in Star Wars James because it could sometimes give us a very cool version of characters we love um but when when I first pitched this uh the idea of this topic what was like did anything first pop into your head or did you have to like do some contemplating some digging do you, like do you have, have bigger thematic examples like where, where are you at when you think of betrayal in star wars
1: so all the examples you gave are great stories where i'm like oh yeah great examples i'm like oh shoot yeah they are those are definitely great examples but you didn't mention the one that popped into my head which i think is probably most people's which would be lando lando calrissian betraying them um in empire in empire yeah and yeah. <clears throat> you know i've I've had some fun playing around with that betrayal too. Like, I don't think this is the case, but you know, it's kind of one of those things where did he really betray them? He says, I no the other choice. They arrived just before you. He's got to put all of his uh, people and his city and everything ahead of, you know, a few individuals. Uh, he has to make a hard choice. So did he really betray them? But I think like, if you look at the dialogue and the point of the story, I don't think that goes on, un- um, unturned is like an, uh, uh, you know that's definitely supposed to be the story you know yeah yeah he he yeah. he he throws him under the bus and then kind of regrets it and ends up changing his ways and trying to uh double back on himself so you know on his choices there um but that is the first one to me, and i think um I think that that. Particular betrayal being one of the big main key points and probably what most people would consider to be the best Star Wars movie really sets the bar as like, hey, man, when I think about Star Wars, I think about a big betrayal being monument, you know,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: in the story. So. That's that's my understanding, but, you know, I did a little bit of d- diving. I went looking for, you know, cl- classic examples of betrayal in Star Wars, and I was like, holy crap, there's a lot of them, you know? Yeah. And it really, oh, it yeah. really goes to show how often these characters um, or they <clears> – <throat> look, you mentioned it right there. William Shakespeare has been doing betrayal. It's been a big thing. But when I generally think of betrayal, I think of it as a quick – cheap move you know like somebody a um, quick one
0: that's interesting
1: well quick is in like nobody's watching our show how can we drum this up how could we how could we spice up our story let's just say that a character who is perceived as good has really been the bad guy the whole time Uh, Um, you know hmm. what i mean and it seems um it seems to kind of fall in those types of tropes where you might say like, Oh, it's a cheap open ending or it was all a dream or something like that. And I don't even know how often those things like particularly happen in a poor way. But when I think of betrayal, sometimes I think if like, um, it it borderlines between being like really good and like what a massive hit for, uh, the characters and the stories. And, um, uh, what does that mean for like the character who betrayed sometimes, uh, you know, it could be a really cool story piece where they're like, well, the reason I betrayed is because I've had this bigger plan that's offsets or, or sets up more of the story that we're going to learn about and things like that. But sometimes it's just weak. Like here's a, here's an example, just a, another one, not, not in star Wars, but like, uh, Indiana Jones and the kingdom of the crystal skulls, they had that character who, like his whole point in the movie is you could never figure out what side he's on because he was like double triple crossing everybody. Yeah.
0: Mac. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I, it's like that to me is again, it's like where it feels like betrayal can be like a cheap, like, Oh, this part of the story is getting boring. So let's have a character be like, sorry, I sold you guys out. And then, but I'm going to get to meet with my wife and kids and then they all get killed or something. It's just like an easy way to like, set the story going a certain way but i don't necessarily think that star wars when i was looking at a lot of these examples they don't always necessarily go that route and i'm like oh wow so a lot of these are really big noticeable like betrayals of characters for instance just another one that's like great is the jedi council uh kind of uh Having this opinion of Ahsoka that you know was not in her character at all, and her being like, "Yo, you guys turn your back on me," and that just sets up so much bigger story that has to do with like, what's wrong with the Jedi? Why did they think that? Now that she's experienced this, that particular moment is almost inarguable that that set up Ahsoka as one of the biggest reasons we like that character. Is because she was in that moment, and the decision she made because of that uh, betrayal—or at least perceived betrayal—to her—it uh, it was just like so pivotal yeah. to Star Wars that it—it it like you know changed everything. You know, so it's like so important to not just completely write it off as a cheap move, like I often sometimes do. Looking at these yeah. examples, betrayal is
0: big. You well, know? what one of the biggest ones. That is revealed by the Betrayer is what set a lot of the Skywalker Saga story in motion, which is Palpatine betraying Plagueis. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. You know, he killed his master in his sleep uh, and he took the reins and that set him on his path of being the one you know, the 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 main Sith, the lead. Which so,
1: also sets up the Sith kind of rule of two and purpose that every one of them at some point betrays their master. You right. know, it's like the yeah. lore is kind of, b- the, b- the betrayal aspect is built into the lore of the Sith.
0: Oh yeah, it's that, you know, you always want to be number one and you always want to be the top dog and you, we see it with, vader trying to lure and appease to luke about the temptation of joining the dark side by saying like we can overthrow the emperor he's foreseen this you know that Mm -hmm. sort of thing so history repeats itself and also kind of like what goes around comes around especially when um you're a bad person like karma karma is a real deal um but there's also example like betrayal is also a good a good storytelling tool to use to like do a cheat move in boosting how we feel about certain characters when they get betrayed or or when something happens to them and you're oh. like now I really want to root for that that comeuppance or I want to see them get their payback or I want something to happen where um you know something good to happen to them after having been betrayed. But also on the, at the same time when we see someone betray somebody uh we also root for the betrayer. Uh, like for example, you know, Kylo Ren killing Snoke. Um, a really big moment in again, a second chapter. Like you said, there's a big betrayal in Empire Strikes Back in The Last Jedi, that's a massive betrayal. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe you don't see that coming going into the movie, but for some people, um, but in that scene, you you know it's kind of happening because it's very slow. The the lightsaber's turning, you know, Ryan Johnson was being slightly deliberate about it, but knowing that he betrayed uh his master there is similar to that palpatine betrayal that we but we're seeing it uh happen in real time and you're almost sort of in that moment rooting for Kylo Ren cuz you're like wait he's teaming up with her is he abandoning the dark side here and then he quite literally betrays the audience by saying like no 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 I'm still evil <laughs> like I had you there for a second but I want her to join me on the dark side and uh so that whole scene was like was like loaded with it cuz it was kind of meta in a little bit a little way because uh it was almost like speaking to us, the audience like we we were buying into him, maybe like joining the light side or returning to the light side, and he's like no 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 we're 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 doing this now, so I find that to be that that seemed to be a good example uh, in a in a double barreled way mhm
1: yeah betrayal to betrayal is is something that um It's interesting. It, it, it seems like it it can seed in just about any point in a movie. Like I'm trying to even think like outside of star Wars, like sometimes when big motivational betrayals change, just kind of the scope of the direction of the movie. One that I'm just keeps popping into my head is, uh, the, the first matrix or whatever, because you have a character who wants to, um, uh, you know Bennett he said the sell out like I'm willing to sell out said people, the kind of Judas character for you know my my Cipher. gold or my silver yeah exactly um for whatever purpose I have, and it you know sets the story down a different path and um you know that's a that's an easy it's an easy thing to write in as like a tool for how do we get our characters into trouble they're smart people but how do we get our characters into trouble well let's introduce a character that could be like I don't know the gunman or something you know and he, they're there and they're helping out for part of it but then we get him into trouble because he's that's the person who like sells them out or you know <clears throat> um and and uh I think uh Dj would be a good example of that like just in star wars like It's almost like, what was the purpose of DJ? Well, we ultimately, when we're writing the story, we need our heroes to get caught. And they're not dumb. So they're not going to get caught. Uh, So what they need to do is they need to put their faith in a character who they then trust. And that character will sell them out. And that's how we'll get them caught, you know, kind of Mm -hmm. thing. It almost yeah. feels like DJ's purpose is only to, to lead your hero characters to that point of devastation where their mission failed, you know, because they were sold out.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's that, yeah, that, that that's a good point. And that's like DJ's not a major character, but he's
1: a he's a you, plot character. Yeah, he's kinda. a plot
0: character. And you feel like him by him doing what he did it. um helped impact both the characters of Rose and Finn, especially Finn. Um, sure. B- yeah, between, you know, understanding like, yeah, you know, maybe to you, none of this, it's all the same on either side, but I felt like that type of move and what situation Finn was in at the time, facing execution and still kind of teetering on the idea of running away, uh, only worrying about Rey, not worrying about the, the rebellion against the First Order, uh, it, it helped... Fortify him believing like no, I am on the right side here. So mm-hmm. I agree. Like even smaller characters doing a, a a betrayal and maybe they're not you know a character you're gonna remember for forever has a big impact on a character you are gonna remember forever. Um, so I think that that is a good example that you bring up there too because they don't always have to be home run betrayals. You know what I mean? Like like we're talking about the bit, you know big ones like you know Palpatine, Plagueis, Kylo Ren, Snoke, uh, Vader killing. Uh, Palpatine, obviously a big one, uh, in in Return of the Jedi, that it, you know uh, a, a massive form of betrayal. So there are um, a lot of varying examples. There's even you know s- s- smaller ones, uh, but also ones that we don't see on screen. Like look at you know Count Dooku, h- h- you know betraying um, what he had believed in and turning to the dark side. And you know that's what I was gonna say. Is maybe yeah.
1: our next category or our next understanding approach to this discussion would be the the Jedi who turned to the dark side, essentially betraying the people that they were close to, the people that they quote unquote loved, or the the ideology that they were currently with, you know, in the case of um Count Dooku, as you were mentioning, he was a little bit more like um no, I, I don't know. I'm not digging what is happening here. It wasn't about like him feeling personally betrayed by the order or anything along those lines. I think he just at some point was like, this is what I want to be. And, you know, I'm going to do this. But then as the Jedi look at it, is they're like, man, we we've only ever had like 20 of these people leave us and we consider that to be like a no no turning back like betrayal right. of his character you know
0: yeah yeah and it's i don't know there there there's so many different examples um, you know when we first started talking about the idea like i was like oh there's got to be you know a handful to 10 of these but there really are just a ton and mm-hmm. each one kind of has their own unique spin or twist on these things like would you consider this is a tough one like would you consider Kylo Ren killing Han Solo a betrayal because he kind of coaxed him into thinking he was going to go with him uh and and because it is father and son even though he was fully already entrenched as Kylo Ren Han is fully aware of that. He had previously said our son is gone. It's not like one of those things where it's like, oh, I think you're a Jedi, and then you just, you just killed me. It, it's more of like he lured him in a way, saying like, can you help me? And he's like, yeah, and then he kills him. To me, because um, of that and how he did it, I would consider it that.
1: My, my gut on that would be that uh, Kylo Ren betrayed his family years ago, and him killing Han are still the ramifications of that betrayal. So I don't think okay, that, that that is that's the fair. that's the moment that it happened, but I think the character said, "I'm done with my family. They mean nothing to me. I'm out. I'll, you know, if I if they come up to me and they try to save me or whatever, I'll kill them. I don't even care. You know, and and to get to that moment where he has to make those decisions, those are still ramifications of his his choice to betray." Uh, his his allegiance to what everything he had known before then you know to his uncle to his father um, to uh, the light side in general uh, and and follow his new teacher you know
0: yeah and there's yeah that's true because he he kills Han Solo and it Hurt, it damages him. It hurts him in a way that he didn't expect because he feels Leia's Han? pain. Yeah.
1: He got a hole in him, so.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. Oh, you're talking about Idiot. Kylo yeah. Ren. I got you.
0: Yeah. So he fe- he feels Leia's pain through the force. He senses her hurt, and it, it damages him. And as uh, Snoke says, it, uh, like the, the deed like s- split him or whatever. And then at the same time, he kills Snoke, his other father figure, and that almost like empowers him uh, so, like, those two different levels of betrayal, like, uh, had different effects on him as a character. Um, but then there's other types of betrayal, like, betraying your creed and stuff that can lead to good things. Like, the Mandalorian uh, betraying the the code of the bounty hunter by going back and getting personally vested in his bounty with the child. Um, he was betraying everything yeah. he was supposed to do. He was betraying his code, his job... All of that uh because he fell in love with this kid. And that is a level also, of betrayal yeah. too too to But that. also
1: not betraying being loyal at the same time. He's being loyal to the child.
0: But he didn't owe the kid anything at that time.
1: No, I know, the but the point the point is is like sometimes that what I'm trying to make there is that sometimes that with betrayal of one thing you are what you're actively doing is making a choice to be loyal to another
0: yeah yeah and I think when we think of the word betrayal we always think of negative because mm-hmm. it's just the connotation of the word but you look at examples like Din Djarin and and betraying the the, the bounty hunters code and the guild and how that led to a good thing because he saved the kid, and it that the, his his relationship with the kid, I think helped him as a person as well. And then you also look at like Finn betraying the First Order and leaving, abandoning them, and that is a microcosm of the rebellion, like a a small example, uh, a a a funneled filtered down example to a one individual. Of what the rebellion is which is going against this whole entity and he betrayed his post he betrayed his legions uh from that which was which is all he knew his whole life uh because he the you know the force awakened in him too or or what have you so um that so that's another thing what what role does the force have in in these decisions people make because now we're getting into yeah. the the religion of Star Wars.
1: Yeah, so like that, that. So me bringing up what I just said a minute ago about the sometimes the betrayal is also the loyalty of something else. It yeah. started making me think like, okay, <clears throat> so you your best friend your whole life, right? He's like, hey man, can you keep a secret? And I'm like, you're like, yeah, of course, man. You're my best friend. You know, of course, I'm not going to tell anybody. And they're like, I killed someone the other night. You know, and you're like, whoa. You know, it's like, what the heck. So what? So if you turn that person in, you know what I mean? Like you're betraying your friendship. You're betraying your friend. Your 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 tr- trust in you know with that person. But it's like it's so crazy because you're like, but I'm Laurel. I'm loyal to my morals. I'm loyal to the law. I'm loyal to what I believe is right. You know, there's all these other things where sometimes that can be looked at as very, I mean, I don't think there's any way around it. That's the word you're betraying your friend and their trust and you're, you know, but it's like, but I'm totally doing it for the right reasons. Why is it being associated with a negative thing here? Um, and in a lot of ways, like, I mean, I don't know, I I mean, like I've obviously never been like in a gang or anything like that, but sometimes that stuff has even seemed as positive. Like when you keep the secrets, no matter how dark they are, that, that camaraderie or that brotherhood or whatever it is, I don't know, sometimes still gets this positive light. Um, that that's, that's the kind of ethics we want to teach people to be loyal and to be true and, Um, uh, and your friends are your friends and you got their back no matter what and stuff it's like there's some weird crazy lines when it gets into what is considered betrayal and what is considered loyalty and how those things are considered uh, right and wrong but I think I think, like in the context of a story like somebody is telling this story there's a reason we're getting this story out of Star Wars I think generally what you were saying was when it comes to some of the decisions those when they're told in the light of like he's betraying the Mandalorian creed or the bounty creed or whatever um it's being told from a light side perspective like yeah. oh he's making the right choice to be someone who's yeah. standing up for this child and kind of thing and and that's the light side coming out um but again i i know many bounty hunters that would be like that guy sucks now <laughs>
0: yeah yeah like what right. a,
1: what a what a terrible decision to
0: i'm not trusting him potentially the yeah.
1: get himself killed and kicked out and everything that he's worked for is just gone you know it's just like it, it is painted like a negative thing because he did in fact betray um that order so it's it's a fascinating thing i mean you you are talking about morals and ethics and other things when it comes to this too but it's, it's, uh, it's fun to pick out these examples in Star Wars and kind of expand on them from all the different angles.
0: If you look at it from the perspective of the Force, I think that the, the, the greed of wanting to be able to use the Force in the most powerful way possible is what leads people to commit acts of betrayal on the dark side and then the call to the like from the force uh is what sways people from doing bad things and betray that for the good
1: yes yeah
0: and i think that i think that's interesting and
1: betraying the I, knights of ren betraying yeah. the leader of the, the first Sith, order you know? betraying yeah, the first yeah, betraying order betraying the
0: empire betraying the uh the emperor like like you you know you were saying Din Djarin betraying his code f- for the sake of that kid is a smaller version of Vader betraying Palpatine for his kid. You know, yeah. it's it's that that just you're, the human element of your compassion and your heart can take over. And that's, that's something that, you know, maybe you can't vanquish from someone even as evil and dark as Darth Vader. So I find that interesting and and how the force plays into it. Well, that that, you know, two sides of it thing, um, the greed element for the dark side to want the power and then the force kind of calling to someone to say, like, you know. Do the right thing on this side, on the other side, is kind of like, I think what George Lucas was saying when he wrote it, which is it's for kids who are going to be going through a very tough time in their life where. They're going to be tempted to fit in or uh, buckle to peer pressures and um, make bad choices. And maybe that will steer them down a path they can't come back from. Or it'll, it'll allow them to make the right choices and make the virtuous choices. So, it, you know, no matter how small the betrayals are, whether it's a DJ thing that helps Finn realize a little bit more of who he is, or a bigger version, which is the rebellion against the empire or Vader killing Palpatine or what have you, they all kind of fit in, in the same mold. And it's just a matter of whether you're doing it for selfish reasons or doing it for reasons you're not sure of, but you know, it's right.
1: Yeah. (laughs) It's a, it's a good topic, man. I'm glad we're, we're talking about it. Um,
0: Do you, there's a ton ton of examples. I mean, yeah, I feel like, like, do we scratch the surface? I know. I mean, I'm
1: like trying to think of other examples. Like, uh, like here you have uh, General Hux in the Rise of Skywalker betraying the First Order to get for selfish reasons. For selfish (laughs) reasons, yeah. yeah. So he's
0: still, he's still a bastard, yeah. But yeah, yeah, it's just, he's like, I will destroy everything that i worked my life for because i hate this guy so much <laughs> like that's the that's like one of the ultimates cuz he's quite literally killing himself because of his hatred for this other guy um so that that is an interesting one even though it was i still have a hard time with that that choice for that character in that movie but you know whatever um but how about how about this one this one might be a stretch did the Jedi, by the time of the prequel era, betray themselves? <laughs> and what I mean by that um... is, we get to the point where Mace Windu is saying, I think it's time for us to admit that we've lost, we diminished in our abilities to use the Force. Like, in other words, was Palpatine right a little bit in the sense where the Jedi sort of did lose their way in terms of what they were supposed to be? And get too mixed up in the politics of the galaxy and too mixed up in being soldiers and too mixed up with like uh, the clone army stuff where they weren't really keepers of the peace anymore they were soldiers in a sense and did that ultimately lead to palpatine being able to uh do what he did because they couldn't sense it anymore because they've kind of lost touch with the force so it sounds silly in me saying it but when i put it in that perspective is it fair to say that they sort of betrayed? the Jedi code in a way and how they devolved or whatever, whatever you want to call it by the time uh, of the, the rise of the empire. I don't know, man.
1: Sometimes I have a hard, um, and it doesn't
0: mean it's on purpose. You can still betray something without being uh, consciously doing it.
1: You know, like I have a hard time sometimes with the, you know, Jedi and why they ended up the way that they ended up and, you know, I tend to think like, no, man, Palpatine was like misleading him that whole time, and like y- your example, even then saying they were more soldiers than what they were supposed to be, which is keepers of the peace, but they weren't like, um, um shoot, what's that? T- what's the term? Uh, colonizing? Not colonizing? Is that what? It, I don't know. Like, they weren't helping. Militant? They weren't helping. Uh, to destroy worlds to expand the republic or something like that you had people that were trying to attack you and they were just they were holding their ground they weren't like trying to they didn't become soldiers in the sense of like they were forcing people to change their mind or something like that i don't know maybe that is part of the story maybe i'm misunderstanding that a little bit That um, in a lot of ways there were these people who were the separatists who were like, no, things suck and we need to change. And the Jedi were like, no, we're not going to let you change. You need to be part of the Republic kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, maybe Um, that's part of what's going on there. And because I know, I definitely know that George put in the crawl, there were heroes on both sides. Uh, and then that was something that was expanded in the clone wars where Padme Amidala goes and visits an old friend and she kind of explains why you would want to be a separatist. And I think they might even get into that on Cassian, you know, cause he was a separatist. That's his family. That's how he grew up. Um, So I think maybe they can explore that a little bit and how the Jedi were kind of falling away from their guiding principles um, but yeah. I I still kind of stand a little bit that I feel like it's a little bit of a stretch to quite call it a betrayal of your own guiding okay. principles but
0: that's fair that's, but that's I fair. I know that's what you're getting me. at and it's and it's yeah. an
1: interesting argument in itself like wh- how All did right, the Jedi well, get where they got
0: how about a direct one that um, definitely changed the fate of the entire galaxy which is Galen Urso?
1: oh yeah yeah
0: Setting the trap. I,
1: so I was thinking about this earlier um, with uh, Agent Callus, for instance. Um, a lot of times it feels like when people betray the Empire and abandon and they, they um, go to the, the rebels, it's just like they've made that decision and they just like leave. But I think like some of the more intriguing stories are the ones where they stay because they can do more good for the rebellion being on the inside and, uh, Agent Callus is an example of that. And here you're saying too, uh, I don't know that, I don't know that he, I mean, he did try to leave at one point, but his argument was that he stayed because they knew they were going to do it without him. And at least from the inside, he could mm-hmm. delay, he could stall, he could sabotage,
0: right.
1: um, from that perspective. And, um, you know, it's interesting too, cause you know, uh, Krennic would say he's betraying the empire easily, but you know, like I said before, Galen is only loyal to one thing. He's loyal to uh, the safety of his family and the right right thing to do. He knows, um, he, in his heart, even though he's with the empire, he has never betrayed the spirit of what is good.
0: Right. Right. He understands
1: what he understands that they're going to kill him. You know, he, he doesn't hold that against Cassie and not that they ever met or had that discussion, but I don't doubt that at some point he thinks, you know, uh, if a rebel comes through here. They're probably going to kill me. Cause I'm very clearly a higher up Imperial yeah, scientist.
0: Except and kind so, of accepting your sentence. And, yes. Yeah. yeah. So, and, and what's funny is all the while as Krennic's obsessing over that Tarkin's betraying him by just, snatching up all of his work and saying like all right I'm I'm taking this over now. So you have all these like layers of that happening. I mean um, yeah, we
1: touched on it at the beginning that that's kind of the thing about the Sith, you know, it's legend story but like, you know, how do you build up a society of people where one of the main things is you're supposed to betray each other? <laughs> You know, right. it doesn't doesn't really make up a lot of sense because so that society kind of falls apart because everybody just is fighting each other because uh, they're being raised as as if like one of the good things to do is is gain more power by betraying everybody. It doesn't really inherently work. So he kind of like uh, Bane, as far as I know, like his he kind of reset the system and killed off all the Sith and said, this is the new system. I still believe that that active betrayal and power is the correct step, but it's gotta be more structured than, than free for all and anarchy. And that story I think has kind of stood the test of time as a, a a star Wars story, because it's like, it's almost like that theology works in, in a sick way. It kind of works. Mm -hmm. So it, it stood the test of time.
0: Yeah. And I, I still think my favorite example of like the character just getting shaped by it is han though and and i think that i think that is a big part why i like solo so much is cuz a lot of people say like oh it's just those 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 beats of of things that we knew happened in his life and they just put it together in a movie but it's like no it's it's kind of more than that because you know you had this kid who was for all intents and purposes an orphan Uh, knew his parents, but um, obviously estranged, Um, still has this sort of hopeful, optimistic view of things he's going to be able to achieve in the the galaxy. I'm going to be the best pilot. I'm going to go back and, and rescue my girl. This is all going to happen. I'm just going to figure out how to do it. And then as he's going through this movie, he gets this new father figure. He finds this new friend. He finds the girl and they all kind of burn him. And then we get that jaded, Sort of cocky out for himself, Han Solo, who but but then at the still in the end, uh, he at at his core he's still that kid from Corellia because he does come back to help Luke when he shouldn't have, Mm. you know. And I think that's that's a great arc there. Um, where say they don't make another Star Wars movie, you kind of, and they say you had Solo and A New Hope, and that was it. You get you kind of get that like, oh, he rounded it out. He did wind up coming back to that kid that, you know, wanted to be the best pilot in the galaxy or whatever. You could put a bow on Han Solo's story there if that was the end of Star Wars and be like, that's satisfying to me. But seeing how he kind of got there is tragic in a way. Because he had to kill his own like father figure, man. Like that scene between him and Beckett is heavy. That is a heavy-duty scene. And it kind of like it it was the passing of the torch where he had to become Beckett in a way. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because yeah. Beckett betrayed him. And then like the Kira thing and the Lando thing. And the Lando's isn't as bad because Lando was just like, that look, that was my ship. I'm leaving. And that's fine. But he still left him high and dry and he pissed he, he pissed them off. Because he took everything. Yeah.
1: And 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 I think that um like Lando looking out for himself. In that moment and Han being like aware of that and being impressionable at that time uh, leads to a character who would say, uh, know what the rebellion is up against and take his reward and still walk away. You know, I don't care about this job or anything like that. You know what I mean? Like I'm getting out of here saving my own skin kind of thing so I think like when you're looking at um how Beckett's betrayal affected uh Han in the long run uh don't overlook that Lando uh betrayal right then and there because that's I think Lando's uh getting out of there is is the same reason you get a Han that is not willing to fight with Luke Uh, I know I'm out of here man no
0: she's rich oh okay um (laughs) yeah I guess there's there's one big one that we haven't really talked about that is tough to talk about because we saw different points of view of how it happened and we didn't really get a full fleshed out understanding of it was uh, Kylo I, Ren I, be- I, betraying Luke.
1: Yeah, I don't I don't know. I thought you were going to say Luke betraying Kylo Ren, which is why I was a little up in arms about it because I've seen it portrayed that way as Luke betraying was the one who made the mistake and because he walked over and turned his lightsaber on that, that it caused Ben to be like, you know, Whoa, this guy's going to kill me. He betrayed me. Yeah. I know. I know. Which is that my point is like, I've seen that side of it and I go, I don't think Luke was betraying Ben in that moment, but, I mean, there's an argument there, but I just don't, I don't think that, but you're looking at it as Ben saying, and we kind of, we did to kind of touch on this. I think that, that the moment, uh, where he kills Han is the repercussion of a betrayal that happened a long time ago. And that's when, when Ben made the decision to, uh, go away from his family, including his uncle, um, at that Mm -hmm. night, you know, or that, that day and follow Snoke. So, um, but yeah, I, I don't I don't like it the other way so much. I like to yeah, think of it as, it, it, as Kylo betraying it, it, Luke the, and not Luke betraying Kylo.
0: Yeah, it, that's a tough one because you would have ben. to, if you believe that, that in that single moment that made Ben turn, then you're not believing Luke Skywalker when he says, I sense the evil already in him and uh-huh. all that stuff. You're essentially saying Luke Skywalker is full of it. And I don't think anybody's saying that. So and and the comics sort of did flesh out that Snoke was sort of the devil in his ear and lowering him and putting those ideas in his head. And then you had the Knights of Ren courting him and uh, all of that. And, and and you know I didn't necessarily love those comics or anything like that. I definitely read them because I wanted to understand the story a bit better. But
1: Well, I think I think that's why I think it's hard to say Last Jedi isn't a good movie, because The fact that you can have those arguments and discussions over what was really going on in that moment, you know, like I I gave the example of like your friend saying I killed somebody. Okay, well, Luke's obviously very loyal to his nephew, Ben, but Ben is on the dark side and he's starting to think like if I turn this guy in or I kill him or I end it, then I'm potentially doing the right for the galaxy i'm doing the right for the light side like if i let this person live because i care about him then i'm selfishly allowing this dark entity to to continue and and will eventually create chaos you know he he has to have those thoughts going through his head and you know it's a fleeting moment i turned the lightsaber on i thought about it but as i stared at him i realized that wasn't the right thing but it was too late he'd already seen me And it just offsets the story. I'm like, that's good storytelling, man. Like, I don't know what more you want out of that. Like, you think that cheapens Luke, but like, you're not, I think if you think that cheapens Luke, you're maybe not looking at the, the decision that he has to make where his nephew is very clearly bad. You know what I mean? I think people are looking too much, but he wasn't clearly bad because he was 1% good and he eventually became right. good, you know, or whatever. It's like, oh man, but and it, it's it's 99% black, you know, so it it's it's like, creates it's hard.
0: It it creates a complicated journey for the fan, like like Lacey, for example, who Luke Skywalker is her biggest hero Great in time. Star Wars. Yeah. And then she also just loves the idea of Ben Solo coming back and getting redemption. So, like she mm-hmm. has to face that scene and be like, "Oh my God, like what do I even do with this?" You know, and we've talked about yeah. that, and that's a tough one, so I agree it that movie definitely twists you up and and makes you like have to like have a hard time making choices on what you think of Luke and what you think of Kylo ren and ben solo so i I agree absolutely Ryan Johnson did a great job there um. I know we're up against it with time. We went a little longer. That's fine because this is a cool discussion. And I want to, you know, revisit it when Lacey's back, of course. But do you have any like now that we've we delved into a lot of examples and how some of them are tied with the the similar themes and how they flowed and their after effects and stuff. um, Any final thoughts on the the aspect of betrayal in Star Wars uh, before before we move on here?
1: Um, none other than I would hope that maybe I kind of look at it a little bit differently. When you say betrayal in star Wars to me yesterday, I go, yeah, I remember Lando. (laughs) That's a thing (laughs) today. I'm a little bit more understanding that it's an element that has been used largely and, uh, I don't know what the other term is shortly <laughs> small <laughs> in approach in in uh execution uh that is can be used differently throughout the series and has all sorts of shades positive and negative yeah. um <clears throat> so it definitely kind of provides a uh, a different angle on storytelling and perspective of characters and motivations and and how that changed the story and stuff and I think it happens a lot more than I was giving it credit for so Good topic and uh we'll we'll definitely have more to talk about it uh, in the future.
0: Yeah. It, it's just you know the 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 idea of it and how it can be used as such a vehicle to help build characters for good and for bad, um is a powerful tool. And I think George Lucas understood that and everyone else who's come thereafter. And just how we look at the Force, too. It makes it interesting, like we touched on. And just all the examples that we went through and those just big movie moments, if you want to call them that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's certainly a part of a part of Star Wars that maybe doesn't, we don't talk about a lot, but it impacts a lot of the story, and it makes it very interesting. And I don't know if Star Wars could exist without all those different examples betrayal like you said for good and for bad so Mm -hmm. a very cool topic Uh, we hope you enjoyed it um if you have examples that we didn't talk about we could keep going here um let us know um you know there's probably a ton more uh from clone wars a lot of uh versions in the books as well we were talking about really the big cinematic ones for the most part we did touch on some of the animated too and the tv shows but uh let us know in the comments on youtube Uh, If you're on social media, quote, tweet the episode with uh, an act of betrayal in Star Wars that you think was impactful to you as a fan. Um, And let's have some fun. Let's keep that discussion going because it doesn't get touched on a lot. But I think it has a bigger role to play in the franchise than uh, we maybe initially think when we think of the word betrayal. So hope you enjoyed that. We're not done yet, though, James. One more segment to go. Um, Am I filling in here?
1: Yep. Go ahead. Go for
0: it. Alright, filling in for Lacey here. It is time for resistance transmissions. Okay, so every week we try to put up a situation on Twitter. Uh as how would Lacey say it?
1: <laughs> Crazy wacky situation.
0: <laughs> um and we ask you for your tweets and replies to them and most of the time it's for fun sometimes we get deep but we just had a deep discussion now it's the time to have a little fun here um we touched on this on monday um but here we go the situation uh and maybe if james doesn't mind throwing up the image of this possibly if you remember if not that's fine i can't um but a Star Wars character from any era suddenly pops into frame on the left side of that image that was released of Boba Fett, Fennec Shand, and an empty space on the left side of the image. Um, if you don't know it yet, just Google it and check it out on social media. But I think we're pretty sure if you're listening, you know what image we're talking about. So pick any character and write a brief exchange between them and Boba Fett in the replies below if they had just randomly popped into frame in that empty space. So we'll see what you had to say here, and here we go. All right, the first one, James, is Kendalorian at Galactic Curator. Kendall, what's going on? Hey. One of our spice runners on Patreon. Kendall said, The knit sweater Mon Calamari appears and says, Look, I can fix your Rancor pit, but I'm going to need way more rope nets. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. Uh, Ben at BL Hatton 585 said Jeans guy walks in realizes he's on camera and then quickly dashes back off camera I don't doubt it nice little nod to uh, one of the Carl Weathers directed episodes of The Mandalorian should have left him in I think but whatever next up we have Mello what's up Mello at A Grey Jedi General Mello uh, Han says Boba Fett where? And Boba Fett again falls into the Sarlacc.
1: Ah, that would be, be it. So it's Han Solo ending. that shows up. That's
0: good. <laughs> yeah, Han Solo pops in. Uh, next up, we have Jonathan Jacobs at John E. Jacobs. Ray enters. Boba Fett says, "What's your name?" Ray says, "Ray." Ray Fett. <laughs>
1: wow, what could you imagine if that was the end of, or that was the reveal? That's you know, the big it, reveal. Yeah, you, you're a, you're a Fett. She's like, what?
0: <laughs> I'm like, well, hey, she's a clone. Same thing.
1: Or actually, even here at the end, this probably would have been better. So, at the end of the movie, everybody, she looks over and she sees Luke and Leia, and then they're like, what's your name? She's like, Ray. Ray Fett. And everybody's like, what?
0: <laughs> even Luke's <laughs> like, I know, yeah it's like i just like bounty he just goes like like this and then
1: disappears (laughs) like
0: yes like oh my god there's no hope that girl oh god it's over yeah she Um, gets to choose
1: her name why wouldn't you go with (laughs) (laughs) Fett?
0: it's easier to write on uh on on forms um all right next up we have liam brazier at liam brazier what's up liam uh way to get your handle of course he wrote sarlacc enters frame left boba exits frame right <laughs> smart smart yeah next up we have joey sack at joey sack getting his handle as always what's up joey um he wrote django pops in and says stay ahead of the competition son
1: Ah, oh, i knew boba it was sa- a head joke
0: boba goes a head pun dad really <laughs> django says you've got clone humor i've got dad humor and he did He a man shrugging yeah. emoji yeah yeah good job joey i like that one <laughs> last but not least we have chris mcguffin at the curse of chris what's up chris he wrote poe dameron pops in it says somehow boba has returned It's <laughs> <laughs> good well done a couple of rise of skywalker digs there yeah That's there you good. go Fun. um very good, everybody. Thank you so much for sending those in. Uh, that does take us towards the end of the show here, though. So we want to thank everyone for listening and watching and being a part of TRB. Make sure you subscribe on your preferred audio platform and, of course, on YouTube at youtube.com/slash newsnet videos. Uh, we just passed seven thousand subscribers. Our eye is on seventy five hundred, and of course, ten thousand would be great. So uh, let people know to join us. It's free to subscribe there, and of course, free on all the audio platforms as well uh again like james said at the top patreon is huge for us for what we do now and the future uh including attending events and our the extra shows we want to be doing streams the improving the quality all that stuff Uh, and we couldn't do it without our generals and spice runners so i want to say a special thank you to our generals first and that's carmelo andrews Staley. Jeremy Myers, John Reese, Jada Rosewater, Paul Olson, Jake Houchins, Oliver Lewis, Frank Grande, Haz Aslam, Joe Ritchie, Darth Hurricane, John Charlton, Nick Kress, Chris, Christian Morales, Brian Smith, Matt Chitty, Joey Mayfield, Stewart, Nathan Shank, and Val Trichkoff, and our spice runners: David Probus, Neil Shaw, Double C, Chris, Kendall Gelner, Ryan Wara, Dave Hornack, Micah Harrison, and Thomas Hennessy. Thank you all for all your support and all of our patrons. Yeah. Make sure you go to starwarsnewsnet.com for all of your Star Wars news, reviews, editorials, information, and more. Brand new look to the website. Better than ever. So uh, enjoy it. Get your Star Wars news there and uh, have some fun. Um, uh, and our, our shirt store is store.resistancebroadcast.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, pick up some merch. Make Solo Two happen. We still have a little bit of pins left. Um, we have our new design called No Moon, which has all three super weapons in it. Uh so you can have that full collection right there on your shirt ver that ver that uh via that uh quote from Obi-Wan Kenobi. So and James designed that as as he does most of our shirts. Um that's it for those plugs as far as we go. Uh you guys can find Lacey on Twitter and Instagram at Lacey Gilleran, She should be back with us on Monday. Um so um, we look forward to having Lacey back here, of course. And uh, you can find me on Twitter at Johnny Hoey, writing and editing at StarWarsNewsNet.com and my movie podcast, Just Like the Movies. Go check out a recent episode on Gladiator. Uh, you can find our podcast free on all audio apps. James?
1: You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at MyerChunks. That's all I got.
0: That's all he's got. That's all um, got. Where are you guys at with the books? Are there any, you guys doing any uh, book discussions coming up?
1: I don't know, John. Hiatus yeah unsure
0: where we're at there'll be more coming we know that (laughs) um anyway we hope everyone has a wonderful weekend uh we hope your december is off to a good start as you're starting your march to the holidays and our march to the book of boba fett so uh we're gonna be gearing up now but until then enjoy your weekends we'll see you monday morning with another episode right here on trb we'll see you around kids